Thank you for tuning in. If you can't recognize my voice, my name is Alberto. I'm with the Holland Project. And today I'm with a very special artist, Ruby Barrientos. She currently has a show up at Cafe Capello, part of our Holland Project micro gallery. It's unfortunate that we can't host people um, and have a reception. So we're bringing the reception to you through this radio format. Um, as you know, the global pandemic is still currently happening and it's taking many lives. So we're taking everything, we're taking all precautions that we can to keep not only ourselves, but our community safe. Um, I would love for Ruby to say hello. Hi, Ruby. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. And just a friendly reminder to wear your masks when you're out in public and keep each other safe. You know, we are in a pandemic, so be smart. Be smart. Ruby, I'll read your intro a little bit. That way, those who don't know you get an idea of where you're coming from. Ruby Barrientos is a first-generation American descendant of Salvadorian artists. Her paintings reflect her intuitive inclination, which conveys emotions to express her most honest and vulnerable self. Behind every creation, the art of soul, our authentic selves are made visible. Through self-expression, her soul is made apparent. The balance of dark light, the feminine masculine, the old slash young, that resides in her art echoes in the duality of the inner self. She quotes, I constantly struggle to find the balance of the creator and the destroyer, to disrupt and destroy the thinking of those that intellectualize creation with irrational minds, and in doing so, bypass the messages of the soul, unquote. Thank you, Ruby, for that beautiful... Thanks for reading that. You read it very eloquently. <laughs> I did my best. This is probably take two, take three. I like to be honest with the people. <laughs> you nailed it this time. Though. Let's let's start with the title of your exhibition. If you want to share your title. Okay, yeah. It's titled Los Rezos de la Revolución. Amazing title. Yeah. And it's all written in Spanish. And I actively made the choice not to translate it. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I actively made that choice. And actually, I, maybe it, would, it should have been a conversation I had with you. So I'm sorry that actually, I'm okay now. with you not. Because honestly, I mean, if people really want to know, they can they can Google it. And that's exactly <laughs> what the, one of the reasons why I made the choice of not translating it into English. I made the choice of like, if individuals want to do the work, which they should be doing the work. Yeah. I want them to translate them themselves do a quick little research, reach out to me, or most importantly, reach out to you. Yeah, and actually, I really like that you said that because in a way, that's what I was trying to incorporate in my art, that I, you know, I use a lot of symbolism and my characters, and I want, it's kind of almost like a, a puzzle, you know, people don't really know what they're looking at, and they're trying to kind of decipher it. And so I want people... I want to make people think and be like, okay, well, what does this mean? And have whatever whatever hits them kind of brew in their brain. And if they really want to know something, they can reach out directly to me, you know, and yeah. I can explain yeah. some of the work or, or it might encourage them to kind of put pieces together. I mean, in the title, if if you look at the pieces, it says resist in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So that kind of already sets the tone of what, the work is about mm -hmm. and it's it's a small show there's yeah. about a total of six pieces yes so there's three i i'm gonna call them flags and you can correct me 
I'm looking, I'm I, interpreting them almost as flags. Yeah, I feel like they're protests. Protests. Kind of flags, flags. in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah, I mean, I had fun making those pieces and I kind of feel like I was, I've been inspired. I've, I was inspired when I was in Mexico City last year mm-hmm. in June where I saw how mobilized people are. And I went to this uh, conference called El Encuentro, which was through the Hemispheric Institute out of NYU. Yeah. So I got to go and experience this awesome, like, event where they had artists, activists, uh, performance artists, and philosophers. And I I was just in this environment that just really just energized me. And I was like, what can I do? What Mm -hmm. do I want to do when I get back to town? Like, Mm -hmm. how can I use this knowledge and what I'm seeing here to, like, bring back to Reno. And as soon as I got to Reno, I talked to my uh, my friend uh, Lydia Huerta, and I was like, hey, we got to do some performance stuff here. Like, we got to do something, you know? And I had never been exposed to that type of, like, performance that I experienced in Mexico. It was just very, like, in-your-face, like, just beautiful performances that just make you like think and like shock you and I was like mm-hmm. okay we need to do something like that because mm-hmm. first of all Reno doesn't see scale ish that and uh so I talked to her and we kind of created this performance collective called Diente de Leon and our first performance was probably in July so like July a month- of last year or- yeah okay one night got back from Mexico mm-hmm. City, and um, it was me and Gabby Ortiz, and we did a uh, a protest. Uh, it was Lights for Liberty, so it was like touching on the uh, inhumane things happening at the detention centers yeah. with immigrants. And I'm Salvadoran, and so I felt like it was important for me to speak on that. Of course. And uh, I just, we came up with this concept of the protest, like Lydia and Gabby were, they did like a speech after and and talking about how to like get involved and all that. But I did like an artistic performance in conjunction with that where I, uh, I, we, I got put in a cage Mm. and I was like handcuffed by my white, my white friend. Mm. He like, uh. He, like, handcuffed me and threw me in the cage, and I was in the cage, and then he, like, threw fake blood on me, and then I'm just sitting in this cage, and, you know— It's quite shocking now that you're you're telling it. I know know you were in in live performance. Did you happen to see the reaction of viewers? Did you um, you able to translate that? I could see it, and I could see that it was— affecting people i could see the faces on people i honestly didn't i didn't feel like it hit me till later Mm. after i felt like really like like what did i take part in yeah Yeah. i kind of like it took a lot of energy that i didn't even realize and i think i took a lot of energy on too from Mm -hmm. the people that were Mm -hmm. feeling in that environment Mm -hmm. of what they were seeing Mm -hmm. and uh but it was like my first performance that i've ever done like that and then it just like at a public level yeah, yeah. And especially, you know, thinking about it, like last year, I guess tensions weren't 
as high as they are right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, I was still worried about something happening. I mean, previous Mm -hmm. to that, like I think two years before that, there was a car that crashed into an indigenous protest. So we were doing this protest and I I was concerned, like, man, I'm putting myself out here. I'm in a cage. Like someone could totally come out here and do some shit if they wanted to, you know? Around July of last year is when we also... I could be wrong within the time frame, so there'd probably be a fact check going on if someone wants to do the research, but there's also the El Paso shooting. Yeah. Like, that yeah. also heavily impacted our community. Yeah. Especially Latinx communities of someone driving multiple state lines to massacre a brown brown bodies yeah in a walmart yeah you're right yeah no that's totally i remember that and and i me and lydia and we all talk i you know we were worried but we still we still went ahead of ahead with it because we thought you know what reno needs to see Mm -hmm. something like this Mm -hmm. and we did it and it felt good and then after that we did another performance just this year in february mm-hmm. before covid happened before COVID. at the holland project yeah. and which was really cool it was just kind of talking about the intersection intersections of like mental health and and immigrants and it was just touching on, on a lot of different things and mm-hmm. it that was really cool that was like my first time too, like kind of with the other performance, I was just in a cage sitting, and this next performance, I, I was kind of, like, more Do you have some vocal. dialogue? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of, like, more theater a little yeah. bit, which was cool. I love that. And uh, But, yeah, but getting, I guess, connecting Mexico City that, like, mobilized me to, like, say a little bit more in my art mm-hmm. than I had before. And you're inspired by the power of performance. Yeah. To do so. Yeah. It just, it made me realize that I have this gift of an, of being this visual artist and not just a visual artist. Like I like creating in all different mediums, mm-hmm. but I have this gift and how can I use it to amplify not just my voice, but other voices that need to be heard. And okay. I think I realized that with being an artist comes a lot of responsibility and it really helped me grow as an artist. And I think from the beginning stage of me showing my work and like actually putting myself out there in this community, which is a little intimidating too, is like a brown, like queer mm-hmm. uh, female, you mm-hmm. know, and there's not very many artists like me mm-hmm. showing their work. But, you know, it, I did it, and then I just, I realized, hey, like, this is my passion, and then I just kept doing it, and then I realized, oh, hey, like, I have this ability to, like, share something more with my work, not just, not just it be about me and, like, my ego, mm-hmm. you know, because ego, there's a lot of ego in art. Yeah. Oh, and definitely. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and I have to check myself with mm-hmm. that too and, mm-hmm. and remember like, hey, there's a bigger picture. Yep. Art isn't just for you. It's like, it's it's for everyone. And, and like I said, it's to amplify voices that aren't being heard, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like 
I just want to continue doing doing that with my work, especially the work that I'm showing in, in galleries and and spaces. Mm-hmm. Public spaces. Yeah, public yeah. spaces. I think with that, let's go into a quick little break. Okay. just tuning in this is alberto with a very special guest ruby hey what's up guys thanks for tuning in and listening we're having a radio closing reception yeah this is uh one for the book something new (laughs) something different (laughs) we're adapting we're adapting yeah this is what it means to adapt to be creative and to use our resources because we have an amazing space because we're I'm recording this out of kwnk.org. Yeah, and if you're not a member yet, make sure to sign up at kwnkradio.org. Yeah, kwnkradio.org. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Become a member to continue the support program similar to this. Yeah. Before um, we went on break, Ruby and I were chatting about our childhood experiences, and that was very nice. Um, and we also got a little bit into travel and Ruby's time in Mexico City. She shared her her trip and how much of an inspiration that was for her and how that inspired some of the pieces in her show at Cafe Capello. And we talked about the flag works. And mm-hmm. now I want to move on to the three small drawings. Okay. So if you want to talk about your drawings a little bit on paper. Yeah, so those drawings I drew during the pandemic, uh, which is, I painted the other uh, pieces during the pandemic, but these drawings were specifically kind of when the uh, pandemic first started. And they were just kind of, they're just uh, ideas, but they're also, they play in part into this series of Los Rezos de la Revolución, which are the prayers of the revolution. And there's a specific piece um, that's my favorite where there's, like, this character that's just, like, praying. And to me, that character is the, like, inception of that idea of a prayer and, like, praying to our ancestors for guidance on how we can revolutionize and mobilize and come together as a community instead of being divided for the greater good of humanity. Mm-hmm. That's very powerful within only three works there, but also the overall message of your exhibition at Cafe Capello. And I want to I I encourage people to visit, but because this is a closing reception, you can't actually visit the space anymore, but we'll have images available on our website, which is hollandreno.org. Um, and you'll be able to check out installation shots of 
of the work and also through our Instagram. And I'm sure also Ruby's Instagram, if you don't mind sharing that. Yeah, and my Instagram is Ruby underscore J-O. And if you follow Holland Reno, right? Yeah, Holland Reno. On Instagram and then HP underscore galleries. I'm sure you'll be, be able to find images of the work on there but honestly it doesn't beat seeing them in person because it's just it's like a different feel but i think you guys will enjoy if you didn't have the chance to check it out in person to to see it online and i want to i want to talk about where the show goes on after this we did get a little we did get into it just a little bit but the future of your work yeah, so I'm going to continue with this series because I think it's it's definitely something that still needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I plan on – so I'm creating bigger versions of these pieces of the protest uh, signs, banners. Um, and they're going to be about eight feet high or so. Yep. And so I'm working on still putting – characters on these pieces but also doing a little more uh, writing on them and some more use of symbols different symbols that I'm conceptualizing on with my with my personal meanings uh, and it's just going to be on a grander scale I'm doing I'm going to I'm going to do between 4 to 5 of those mm-hmm. and I may do some smaller pieces as well like the ones at cafe capello slightly a little different Mm -hmm. but um yeah i'm just going to continue with this series and i guess just flow with it and see where it takes me yeah do you know when they'll be available for the public to view so that's still kind of up in the air uh with covid and all that but i'm thinking mid-september end of september Mm -hmm. hopefully the campus is still open Mm -hmm. But maybe not because we want everyone to be safe. So if they close, like, that's okay, too. Maybe if it can't show there, maybe I can find another space to show them, maybe Holland or something. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) You know, we're always open for you. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we'll see. But I'm just really grateful for these opportunities that have been coming up for me to share my work and to share these messages that I feel – are relevant to what's happening right now, but also connecting my ancestry, you Mm -hmm. know, through my characters and through my artwork. I feel like I channel that. Um, I'm Salvadoran, even though I was born here, but those are my roots. Mm -hmm. And I think ever since I visited back in 2017, it had been about 20 years since I had been back. Mm -hmm. And I got to visit, and it was just a very grounding experience for me just to reconnect with that part of my myself and my culture and just a reminder of where I come from and yeah. to not forget and to see how beautiful that country is. And, and it's sad to see, too, because it's like I know the history of, like, how— the U.S. has taken resources mm-hmm. from that country and has made that country just not what it it should be, you know. U.S. And, intervention within Latin America is so real. Yeah. So real. One of the reasons why Latin America can be the amazing giant that it is 
it's because of U.S. intervention, and that's really unfortunate. Yeah, and and just seeing that, and and you know, and another thing that really just pisses me off too is that they use U.S. currency there. Oh yeah, and it, it just and and people make their wage by like the day, not hourly. Mm-hmm like in the United States and they're expected to like live off of this income. It's really hard out there for people. And I have a lot of family out there and and luckily they're doing okay, but there's a lot of people that aren't, you know, and all the violence and, Mm -hmm. you know, our president tries to to blame MS-13 for things and, in reality, MS-13 was created in the States. Yeah, so it's created here in the United States. <laughs> yeah, yep. so it's just kind of funny how our current president tries to throw all this shade at, at, at my, you know, my country of El Salvador. And then is like it's, it's like he doesn't even know the history. But we all know that he spouts like all pretty much anything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is too much of a jump, but I'm trying to process or trying to figure out how we process violence. We, you mentioned it a little bit. It's like, oh, we're, we, I think you and, I are, you and I are somewhat familiar with violence. We're familiar with it because at, at a capacity in some form, our parents fled their home country because of a form of violence. Yeah. And now... We are in a current state where violence is more apparent and black and brown bodies are being murdered at a highly daily rate. So go, how are you processing that? Or how are your parents processing that? Who like initially they like my or my parents, you know, like they fled a violent situation and now they're being submerged back into another one. Yeah, you know, well, my father passed away Mm. when I was 10. So he, you know, unfortunately, he's not here. But I'm sure he's seen everything that's going on, you know, and I feel like he gives me the strength to and to and my ancestors to be strong during these times, I think, Mm -hmm. truly. And. I definitely feel like my mom, I, I'm i honestly not sure how she's processing it. She kind of is a bit sheltered, but she knows, she keeps up with the news. You know, she watches like Primer Impacto and stuff like that. <laughs> Primer Impacto is also scary. I know. It's so scary. It's it's like, uh, yeah, I can't, I don't know. If you don't know what that is, <laughs> you should google it <laughs> <laughs> I, this i feel like this would be a position where we do like an oxford comma and then that which means like we'll explain what Pacto is for those who are not um like spanish speaking yeah. or unaware of like spanish media but you can definitely google do the work we're not gonna do the work for you <laughs> or uh what's his name jorge ramos, jorge ramos. Yeah, yeah man he's been on since i was like a kid i remember watching him and he's still reporting which yeah. i think is pretty cool he's dope obviously like that's his passion and but she watches all those like she's into the news yeah um i mean she has mentioned like what's happening with blm and you know and just being alarmed by it mm-hmm. but i think there is a sense of like comfortableness mm-hmm. with that violence because it's like she, her my parents immigrated here to to avoid 
the Civil War yep. that was going on. Yep. So I remember my sister not that long ago. She's like 43. I'm 33. Um, she was talking to me about being a little girl and like hearing like loud noises, like mm. probably like bombs mm-hmm. or all kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sh- shootings and things like that. So they were definitely very fortunate to come here and immigrate here. And luckily, you know, I didn't have to go through that. I was born here. I had that privilege. And I also feel like with that privilege, I think it's important for me to 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 know that I have that privilege and to do what I can to help my community here as being, you know, Latinx, which I don't really like that term mm-hmm. myself, really. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know. It, it's hard when I just feel like it puts us in a bubble mm-hmm. or in just this like category. And it's like, I'm, I mean, I'm Salvadoran, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I was born here. And I recently had the unfortunate experience working on this mural, which I haven't finished because I don't know. I kind of, I lost, uh, some motivation doing it because I was like harassed Mm. while I was painting it. Uh, Someone told me I wasn't American Mm. and I was like, I was just, you know, these older white middle-aged Trump supporters, I'm sure, you know. It's the profile, to be (laughs) honest. They just couldn't, they they didn't know what I was painting and uh, they just had these stereotypes and assumptions Mm. and to them, what I'm painting, I don't know. They started introducing gang stuff, and mm. yeah, it was just this whole thing. And I've kind of, I need to go finish it because mm-hmm. I can't let these jerks like no. I'm mess and with I'm, my. And I'm sorry that happened to you. That's, that's yeah, really yeah. I was pretty angry about it before, but then I realized that it's just like that ignorance, you know, and then just that propaganda. Yeah too that's being fed yeah. by Trump and his campaign to yeah. to people but you know it, it it's scary cuz it's like these guys you know if i wasn't a brown female maybe if i was a brown male they probably would be a little more i don't even know maybe hesitant they wouldn't be something. hesitant mm. yeah but because i'm like this like female mm-hmm. queer female i mean i don't know if they know that but you know they just it's like they're I don't know I felt like they felt the need to come and harass you yeah harass yeah. me because it wasn't a productive conversation it wasn't no a, not it at wasn't all. a conversation of interest no and, and I had an ally there with me and she um my partner she was like she told the guy she was like well where are you from and he was just kind of like oh well well, my family came through, like, Ellis Island, but they, they had papers or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just thinking, really? <laughs> okay. But, you know, you obviously those people are already coming in, like, aggressive. Yeah. It's just, like, for me, it's just easier to not really engage in that dialogue and negativity. Yeah, yeah of course not. Because it's—I think it's important that we do engage sometimes, but— 
when it comes to a situation like that, yeah. it wasn't going to be productive. No, so there's it wasn't. No reason why you should endanger yourself. Yeah, if I, I can, I can also be reaching, but in reality, like the we're placed in positions where we have to be in a way fearful because we know that our lives can be put in danger. Yeah, totally. And and I felt that too. And I had never, I've experienced racism, but that was like kind of like just really kind of volatile, you know, just not that it, all racism isn't, but that was just something that that person went in there for that objective already. You know, they, like you said, they weren't trying to have a dialogue and maybe learn, mm -hmm. you know, they already had that thinking in their head and that negativity of wanting to cause harm, mm -hmm. you know. But, um, I mean, in, in a way, I have to just see it as an experience and, and knowing that this isn't going to be the last time that I'm going to experience no. that, you know, sadly. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to intensify even more yeah and, and how, how much of that does influence your work well i think it it's definitely made me want to say more and i think that's why i'm making these bigger pieces where i can actually write more on them more sentences more different information take that up, i want take up to that share space. yeah <laughs> And uh, that's the thing too. It's like I want to use my voice. I don't want to be. I don't want to be silenced by anybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna use my voice, and I'm also gonna amplify BIPOC voices, so that people know that you know that we're here and that we we're important. That we have things to say, and that systemic racism, white supremacy is there systems that just need to collapse. Yeah. And that's why this is called the prayers of the revolution because it's like, it's the beginning. We need to revolutionize. And, mm -hmm. and my hopes are that we can, and, and my contribution is through this artwork, but also giving back to my community. So I try to be like involved in, in my community mm -hmm. as much as I can. I think, with that being said, and we'll do an ending note, I want to know what you're looking forward to. Like, what, what is something you're looking forward to in the future? Like, what are you envisioning? It can be something ridiculous. And I mean ridiculous in a way of, I guess I'm not, I don't, maybe I'm not sure what I mean by ridiculous. I just, I guess I want to <laughs> know, like, like, what are you looking forward to? You know, we're entering what seems to be dark times, and we're living during dark times, I can say. So it's like, what is... I want to hear something optimistic, you know? Like, what do you see? I see this being the time for BIPOC artists to really be heard, and I see that in our community. I guess I envision at some point our community having a gallery run mm -hmm. by BIPOC mm -hmm. um, featuring just BIPOC artists, not limiting to just BIPOC artists, but that being the focal point. Mm -hmm. um, 
I envision working with our at-risk kids here in this community, especially off Wells, which is kind of like in the in the works. I don't want to say too much, but um, I just envision something big here in our community, helping our underserved community uh, that that needs needs the arts because art art is healing yeah and uh i I just see more art from from me i never really stop making art i always do my best to to make art and i hope that i can continue to use that energy and use energy that tries to bring me down to fuel me so to the racists out there like it's just gonna fuel me more to make art I can't stop. Can't stop. No. You. Love that. Yeah. And I think with that being said, I want to thank you for jumping on this interview for and to talking about your show, talking about your experience and your inspirations. And and also I want to thank you for being so open in doing this because I know that we wanted to have a form of reception. We want people to gather because it's just a normal thing to have your friends and your family celebrate your work and celebrate you. So I hope this is in a way a form of celebration, not only for your work, but also your like hard labor that you put into this. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think this is a special way to celebrate. It's a little more low key. Cause sometimes when you have receptions, that does take a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, you're talking to people about your work, yeah. which is fun. But um, I think I got a little burnout from receptions when I did this, like, um, the one at the series Lily? at West Street Market. West Street Market, oh. And I, was, had... I went to the reception at the Lily, and oh, there was a kumbia okay. right night. You were oh, DJing yeah. Right after. That was a little exhausting. I was too. like, I remember thinking, I was like, Ruby must be exhausted. <laughs> she, like, not only made this massive piece, but then she gave a talk, which is emotionally exhausting and yeah. then she went to go dj and dance which is physically exhausting <laughs> so you're you're doing yeah. it all yeah i had fun with that the lily was was really cool and uh, i wish we had more time i would have liked to have talked about that but yeah we'll have to save that for another time the next when when round two of when we get to see these political flags again yeah. We'll, jump, we'll jump back onto K Wink. Yeah, and maybe maybe I'll give a maybe I'll have another talk to give a talk about yeah. about that or yeah. something. So with that, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank Ruby and I want to thank the Holland Project for organizing this exhibition. I hope everyone stays safe. Remember to wear a mask and defund and, uh, the police and Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and just one last thing, I want to thank Alberto for curating and asking me to be. Uh, the artist to show at Cafe Capello. I appreciate it. And yeah, and I look forward to seeing your next curated shows. Thank you. I, I really thank you. And again, I'm going gonna, gonna to push it along because I want to end it on Ruby. Thank you, Ruby. <laughs> Everyone have a good night. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>